What's happening, friends? Welcome to Next Gen Newsweek, episode 17, your weekly podcast for all the news about the Xbox Series X and S and the PlayStation 5 and the Nintendo Switch. My name is Mitch, and tonight I'm joined with Richard. Hello. Michael. Howdy. And Steven. Yo, yo. Well, guys, we've been waiting forever, but we finally have pricing for one of the sets of next-gen systems. Hip, hip, hooray! Woo. Woo. <laughs> um, we'll get to that in a little bit. We've got um, a couple of games we need to talk about first, and then we'll jump into more of the big news towards the end. Uh, so starting off uh, with a couple of games that uh, are joining the ranks of games getting next-gen versions that are coming for free, Dead by Daylight and The Witcher 3 are both uh, coming next year, getting uh, next-gen upgrades. Uh, in particular, with Dead by Daylight, uh, the game is, it's, itself is getting a massive overhaul for, on the visual department, along with getting a bunch of new free stuff that's coming as well, including cross-play support between every version of the game that's currently out there. Um, Michael, are you a Dead by Daylight player? I am, thanks to a dear someone. And I gotta say, I'm actually a little bit excited about this. Oh, Richard, do you play Dead by Daylight? I too play Dead by Daylight. Oh my goodness! So I, I mean, like, I'm not, I don't play it often, but I mean, I, I have played it. I do enjoy it. So, what about you, Stephen? Do you play Dead by Daylight? I do, but I don't play it as avid as everybody else. It's just not my cup of tea. But it's back to talk. It. it just goes back to what we were talking about before. Is this um, cross-gen thing going to be a way to profit money? And apparently I was wrong. I thought it was going to be a tactic to bring in more money, but it doesn't seem to be that way now. It seems like a lot of games are going to follow suit as far as the cross-gen. So we'll, I guess we'll just see how it goes. Something I brought up um, before we started recording is that the only companies that seem to be charging people for the next-gen upgrades are the companies that put out annualized franchises like your Call of Duties and your NBA 2Ks and some other Madden, or not Madden, EA Sports games are the ones that are charging people to upgrade, but everyone else is like, no, nah, you get to do it for free. You know, we're, we're cool. So, so yeah, Dead by Daylight is getting a uh, free upgrade to next-gen. And of course, The Witcher 3 is as well. Um, so if you already own the game, all you have to do is just pop it in the new system and it's going to upgrade for you. But the upgrade will also be available to purchase on the next-gen systems. And if you need to want to purchase it on PC, you can purchase it there as well. Um, or any of you Witcher 3 fans that are going to be pl wanting to play it again on the next-gen version? Probably. I never... Um, that was a platinum I didn't get. I didn't feel like putting myself through the torture of playing it on Death March, but... I might give that a shot next gen. You know, I I never I'm I'm in the same boat as Rich. Like I own the game, but I never really gave it a full shot. Oh no no, I completed it. I did everything, oh, okay. the expansions, all that. I just I didn't do a platinum because one of the trophies you have to get, you have to complete the game on Death March, which is like the hardest difficulty. And oh, I may be willing to to do that on next gen. Just start start a game in Death March. To backtrack a little bit, Dead by Daylight is on sale right now on Steam for 60% off, and most of his expansions are between 40 and 50% off. Wait, that's the one really. Go ahead. I think we were going to say the same thing. <laughs> no, I don't know. Go ahead. I was going to say, that's, that's what really drew me into Dead by Daylight, because uh, when I was a child, my boogeyman was Leatherface from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, so got to relive my nightmares from when I was four. Really think if we're you gonna say the same thing, and that we were both gonna say that Leatherface was our boogeyman. No, no, no. I, I thought the way you had started, I thought you were just gonna reference like the different, um, the different. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? The franchises that that game kind of encompasses. No, my my thing, one thing with this, I never got into Dead by Daylight because I always played Friday the Thirteenth, and that game I wish was still able to get support. It's in a lot. It's in like legal hell, like every sort of way possible. So it'll probably never come out of it. And if it does, I doubt they'll ever upgrade it for next gen. But the game would be awesome if it did. The barrier for me with Dead by Daylight is I know I could play it, and you know, they've got they've got like these villains that they've put in the game that are like generic to the game. 
but to play like all the ones that you know you have to buy them and it's like oh gosh it's, it's like i don't know it's kind of like a it's kinda, it's like the one barrier for me like if i want to play this game i have to yeah. buy the game and then i have to buy like all these different expansions and it's like a yeah, well, I mean, you uh, you don't have to, um, and it's not like you're breaking the bank. Even if they're not on sale, they're only like maybe five bucks. Like, I don't own all the expansions, but I do own the ones that are memorable to me when I was a kid. You know, like it is Freddy play and... until the fourteenth. That's true. I, I'm such a hypocrite though because. I literally just bought a gun pack in Modern Warfare that came with a gun I already have, but just came with like some cool, like a cool camo and like some other stuff. And I paid ten dollars for that. And I was like, why did I do this? First off, and and I at the time had compared it to how I could have just bought another character for Smash Brothers for six dollars, or I could have just bought these this expansion. So I, I'm totally a hypocrite with it. I'm just, just I'm just me. um all right so outside of dead by daylight and the witcher um it's this next game is a game we've already known about for a while but it's gotten renamed uh we've talked about it on the show before so gods and monsters is no longer called gods and monsters and i'm pretty sure that's because they could not market the term gods and monsters but now it is now called immortals phoenix rising the mouthful uh, it's getting revealed on September 10th at the Ubisoft Forward event, which is tomorrow as of the time of this recording, so we won't be able to talk about it until sometime later. But, uh, Richard, I think you were really in- interested in Gods and Monsters. Or you, do you like the new name that they went with? Well, uh, no. Um, it's too much of a mouthful. I, <laughs> I stick by the, by the motto that, you know, titles should be very short. Um, I, I don't like the new name. I didn't like Gods and Monsters either, though, to be fair. But, oh man, I'm that's definitely one of those things that I'm super excited about. I'm wondering if we're going to see it this year. I don't think so, but I have hopes that just maybe... I can confirm that this game is coming out December 3rd. Can you? Okay. It is not in the it is in the notes. Not in the notes. I'm sorry, but it was revealed that it's coming out December third. Okay. I, I figure they would have uh, done that tomorrow, some sort of a reveal. But I, that was my hope is that it would hit before Christmas. So that works. That's that's awesome. Steven, have you looked into God's or I'm sorry, Immortals: Phoenix Rising? I have not. But if I'm going to judge it off of just the the artwork that I'm seeing from the pictures and everything, uh, which probably don't do uh, the gameplay any justice, because you know how they like to glow up things in the short art. Seems like you're a demigod to save the Greek gods. I may actually be interested in it, because that's what Asher's Wrath was pretty much about. It was, he was a demigod who was, um, I guess it's on the flip side, he was a demigod who was going against the, the actual gods. Um, because he didn't like the way that the world was turning out and everything. Uh, but this seems to be a, a different turn of events, and I'm ho- I'm always into the god, demigod, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, rivalry. Anytime there's uh, any type of rivalry, this will be my first time really looking at it from a perspective of the lower levels trying to save the higher levels. So it may actually be something exciting to look into. I think the, the game itself was supposed to um borrow a lot of stuff from like breath of the wild and some assassin's creed stuff so it's kind of like a mix of those two different types of elements if i'm remembering that correctly um the are game we talking pretty- like are we talking like the resources and, uh, and assets or are we talking about like storylines um don't know i will have an answer for you tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I'm still- actually, i've never seen gameplay i've just seen them talk about it in like screenshots so, Richard, what were you going to say? I'm still reeling over the fact that somebody else played Asura's Wrath. Wow. <laughs> I don't think I've ever met anyone else to talk about that game. Well, you can have your own little bonus segment talking about it at some point. Uh, Michael, God's, or God, uh, <laughs> Immortals Phoenix Rising, Michael. Are you h- hyped about this game or what? I would be, but it just, it looks so similar. Like, it, it looks like it's pandering, visually. Like, I hope it's a little bit, it plays better than that. 
but it just it just does seem like it's a pandering sort of game. I, I get that a little bit. I feel like this game would be it's kind of like Breath of the Wild if Breath of the Wild was awesome. Right. Totally. I totally appreciate it. Breath of the Wild. <laughs> No, no, I heard it. I just thought something else happened. Uh, so I guess we'll skip the next thing and jump down to uh, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity, since you want to talk about Breath of the Wild so much, Richard. Um, <laughs> yesterday, Nintendo just popped up on the internet and said, hey, here's this six-minute-long video talking about Hyrule Warriors, uh, which is pretty much the sequel to Hyrule Warriors, which came out on the Wii U and then came out on the 3DS and then came out on the Switch. Um, but this game is 100% canon to the Breath of the Wild universe. and take, It's basically the game that tells the story about what happened 100 years before the events of Breath of the Wild. So pretty much this game is going to have all of the story that people like Richard thought was lacking from Breath of the Wild in it. Uh, the first Hyrule Warriors came out on the Switch as well? Yep. I didn't know that. It did. It came out 2018, I think. Oh wow! It's pretty so pretty much what I'm my understanding of it is that Hyrule Warriors came out on the Switch in I think it was 2015 maybe and 2014, 2015, and then the 3DS version came out, which was like a 1.5 version, like it had some additional story in it. It had the whole rest of the game, but it was one of those games that you can only play on the new 3DS. Yeah, yeah, they like doing. Uh, yeah, but then they took the, both of those stories from both of those games and then put everything in one package and sold them on the Switch. So, oh, that's cool. And I love Hyrule, the story of Hyrule Warriors. Like, without since going off that, I'm assuming Richard, you've never played the first one. No, I mean I've I've played it. I just I didn't get into it. I don't. I wanted a Legend of Zelda game, and it was a Dynasty Warriors game with Legend of Zelda characters, so I just couldn't really focus. Well, the big part about the story is that it, like, mashed... It pretty much was, like, the backstory about why there's timelines. Like, it, or it played off of the element that there's timelines in Zelda that branch off. Because, like, later oh. on in the game, it literally opens up all of these different like portals to where all of these different timelines that are usually separated were able to come back and be in one world together, which um, I remember talking then, to. Uh, then I should have played it. <laughs> it was great. The story is great. You just got to get through the dynasty warriors bit of it. But, um, but I remember when breath of the wild came out, there was no idea where this game fit in the timeline. Because there are certain elements of each timeline represented in this game. And so it made sense that if Hyrule Warriors took place before Breath of the Wild, that it was the reason why all these timelines were able to be brought back together. Which would make sense for Breath of the Wild. And they never confirmed whether Hyrule Warriors, the first one, was canon or not to the Zelda universe. But if the second one is, it kind of makes you think that the first one is as well, which makes sense about how they're able to bring all this back together. That being said, uh, Stephen, to you first, have you looked at Hyrule Warriors, Age of Calamity, and is it going to be something you're going to pick up day one? Probably so. It's definitely something I may pick up uh, day one. Um, because as it was explained before, um, it left a lot to be desired on Breath of the Wild. Um, and me, I personally, I watched, uh, the Game Grumps play, uh, Breath of the Wild to completion. So, um, I just had so many questions. I was like, okay, we have things missing, but there's, I mean, they give you a little bit of the tidbit in the beginning and then you got, uh, Emperor who explains a little bit. And then, uh, I can't think of the professor's name, um, that explains a little bit more. Um, and there's little pieces here and there, but the story definitely wasn't complete. So maybe they'll sum it up and uh, throw it in its rightful place in the timeline uh, with this. I was looking forward to the Breath of the Wild too, but I'll have to settle for this, the Age of Calamity. I'm actually looking forward to it. I'm, I'm going to treat it like the type of game it is, not necessarily for the storyline. And honestly, I just love that kill hundreds of people sort of gameplay. I'm a sucker for it. 
I think, well, since they're, they've said that this game is going to have a lot of emphasis on story, so I think this game is targeted mostly at people who played Breath of the Wild. and not. In it. I think it's more of its own thing. Like, instead of this being treated as, like, a Hyrule Warriors 2, it should be treated more of, like, a Breath of the Wild prequel game. Um, just because I think there is going to be a lot of story that's going to unfold. So even if you're not a big fan of the gameplay part of it, you should still play it this way. It helps. Set, it, you'll, it, I've made, as kind of says before, it's kind of like the Rogue One a Star Wars story of Zelda. So that way, like, because you kind of know the fate of all of the characters that are in this game. But you kind of, it's still interesting to go back and see how all this takes place. And it's going to have, like, if it's anything like the first game, there's going to be 20 playable characters in this. And I really hope that lady that gets pissed off about you stepping on her flowers is one of the characters you can play as. Because that lady is mad evil. Right? Like, she's chaotic evil. And I love it. That being said, though, there was uh, the last little bit that came out about this is that they did have to pretty much... They, we all kind of knew that Breath of the Wild 2 wasn't coming out this year, but they did kind of formally delay Breath of the Wild 2. So they said we're going to have to wait a little bit longer to find out new info, which means probably going to find out about it next year, and I bet it's coming out next holiday. They said, I think on September 26th, they're going to have more information to share about it, so that's going to be interesting. And the game comes out on November 20th, so it comes out um, right before Thanksgiving, so that's interesting. Nintendo also had a big direct blowout. Finally, we've been waiting for it, we've been talking about it for so long, but they sh- they did the Super Mario 35th Anniversary Direct, and there was a lot of big uh, partnerships going on in here. There's a lot of stuff happening within like the worlds of like Splatoon and Smash Brothers, and I think there was one for Mario Kart, and it's just a bunch of like all these different events that are happening to celebrate 35 years of Mario. Outside of that, uh, the Game & Watch special edition that comes with Mario and then like a remaster of the game Ball. Um, if you're not familiar with the Game & Watch, that was Mario's, or wow, that was Nintendo's first handheld gaming system that used like a, I don't even know what kind of screen you would describe it as. Have y'all ever owned a Game & Watch before? Like, I don't know what that um, screen made of. About 100,000 years ago, yeah. <laughs> it, uh, the, um, the dot screen matrix. was, yeah, it was dot matrix. I don't know, you, you, none of you guys probably remember the little, the little handheld games before handheld games actually existed. Well, uh, I'll tell you how they might remember them, Rich, is uh, the really, really, really old um, little handheld pieces of shit games that McDonald's would give you. Yeah. There you go. Mm -hmm. The same type of screen, the same type of technology, but had like a few extra games in there, and that was Mr. Game & Watch. Yeah. I had a mine wasn't the Mario, mine was the Legend of Zelda one. And at the time it was completely badass. <laughs> it was. Steven, do you have something you want to throw in there? Yeah, I just remember um playing the game and watch galleries that they had off um on the block Game Boys. That's what I call them anyway, the older ones, the original ones. And I that's what I thought Dot Matrix was for a second until it was explained, so See, for a youngin like myself, um, the first time I ever had an experience with a Game & Watch uh, was whenever I unlocked Mr. Game & Watch in Smash Brothers. And then I was like, what's a Game & Watch? And then I Googled it, and I was like, oh, I've never seen one of these before. However, behind the ears. Mm. Yep. Yep. However, this piece of tech is something that I'm totally going to pre-order, and I'm never going to open it. It's going to sit on my my bookshelf I'm going to build for I'll get all my collector's items, because this is, like, something that you just... I feel like if you're a Nintendo enthusiast, like, you should just own one of these. Uh, if they it, ever... I'm sorry. I was, if they ever re-released the Zelda one that they made way back when, I would buy it again. Hey, the 35th anniversary of Zelda's next year. You never know. Maybe they will. I'll grab that one. Um... This is coming out on the second week of November, just in time for the launch of the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5. So there's three major systems coming out this year, so y'all be on the lookout for that Game & Watch with Mario. It's going to outsell both of the next-gen systems. (laughs) (laughs) 
uh, it is going to retail for fifty nine ninety nine, and it will be in very short supply. So if you plan on getting one, uh, I would get with your local retailers and seeing about when the pre-orders are going live on that because you're probably not going to be able to find one after the end of the year. Um, next, Mario 35, a Battle Royale Mario Brothers game in the same vein as the um, Tetris 99 that's been out on the Nintendo Switch shop for about two years now. But instead of being 99 players, it's 35 players. And you are pretty much playing Mario 1, but every time you, like, kill enemies, they end up going into the other, like, other players' screens, so they, like, mess with each other. Um, you can set routes to make it to where you can get, like, speed running done, or you can set up, like, a way to get more points, or, or to just mess with other people if you want to be a troll. Kind of just leave it open. Anyone going to be picking this up when it comes out? I mean, it's not how I thought they were going to do, you know, Battle Royales. But it's an interesting take, and you know what? What else could I expect from Nintendo? <laughs> but I won't buy it. Well, it's it's free for Switch Online owners, I think. Until I will negatively download it. No. <laughs> 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 uh, I'll probably try it out. Uh, Richard Mario Thirty Five, something you might try to get into. I mean, if it's free, I'll I'll try it, but no promises. I'm not a huge Battle Royale fan to begin with, so. But I'll give it a shot. You pretty much can just pretend that there's not 34 other players playing with you, but you're just playing Mario Brothers again, but with like an RNG element where it could randomly just drop enemies, and then it's no longer. Are, are, we, are we talking about Mario Brothers or Super Mario Brothers? Super Mario Brothers, like the NES Super Mario Brothers. Oh, I kick ass at that. Yeah, I'll try it. <laughs> Yeah, not not the the one where you're just trying to like jump around and survive. Uh, not the survival Mario Brothers. Or the the tabletop arcade version that was at Pizza Hut. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, oh but, uh, before Mitch's time, my my bad. Look, I know what a Pizza Hut is, but it just didn't have Mario Brothers. It only had Galaga <laughs> by the time I got there. <laughs> Steven, what about you? What about Mario 35? You gonna try to pick it up and start playing it? It's one of those things where I'm going to watch some gameplay on it first. I'm very wary on uh, Nintendo games nowadays because I bought a shitload of them before and uh, we're highly disappointed in it. I know Mario's in a whole league of his own, um, but I'm just going to treat all Nintendo games the same. So I've got to see a little bit of action on it, see how people's rage is going to be in play, and maybe we'll go from there. This will be something we talk about later on in this bit. Uh, but this game is disappearing from the eShop on March 31st. Like, after that, you'll never be able to play it again, and you'll never be able to download it again. Uh, what you're going to see is a trend going across uh, some of the other stuff in here. Um, next was Mario Kart Live Home Circuit, which to me is the coolest thing that they showed off in this uh, Direct. You pretty much get a RC Mario Kart car with mario in it and a camera and you get to make your own mario kart courses in your house and then if anyone else wants to play they just bring over their own car and then you can race them in your living room or you can play against npcs using like in by playing the mario kart game on the switch and it's in first person like the um the arcade mario kart games you see for a more updated uh, terminology, a Dave and Buster's instead of Pizza Hut. They don't have a Pizza Hut anymore. But you can um, try that out. I think this is so cool. Um, it's releasing, I think, the last week of October. And the only thing that's shying me away from it is that it's $100. <laughs> Richard, you should get this uh, for your daughter to play with. Um, right now, I'm just hoping she doesn't see it. <laughs> 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 the other side of the argument has entered the chat. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, hopefully that'll that'll stay on low on the radar. But my luck, one of her friends at school will get it like day one, and and then I'll have it. Get her the Luigi one. She she loves Luigi. Everybody loves Luigi. It's I think it's where he's just he doesn't get enough screen time as his brother. When I was playing soccer, when I was like eight, my soccer coach called me Luigi all the time. 
because I was obsessed with Luigi. So I didn't, I didn't give a shit about Mario. It's all about Luigi. Like I wanted, <laughs> I wanted Super Luigi Brothers. I wanted L is real for Mario sixty four to be a thing. Michael, you gonna get Mario Kart Home Circuit? No, and I don't think. Unfortunately, I don't think it, it'll decrease in price like the uh, like their other little cardboard things did. Oh, the Labo. Yeah, the Labos. Yeah, like the Labos like got price slashed, and like I don't think it'll happen since this is like Mario Mario. Are you saying the Labos not Mario Mario? I will say that, yes, sir. Stephen, what about you? I'd have to go with the uh, the price thing that's going to shine me away as well. Hundred dollars. I mean, it's it's new, it's fresh. Uh, I like the idea of it. Maybe I'll come over to your house and play it to see if I really want it. But as far as me just diving right in. I don't know about that. And because I sucked at Mario Kart anyway. It didn't matter which way you sliced it and you threw it at me. I sucked at Mario Kart. So it would definitely have to be a game changer or or I might not get it. Oh, I accidentally skipped over one. Um, Super Mario All-Stars for the Super Nintendo is coming to the Super Nintendo Online app, which is pretty much or Super Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3, but with remastered graphics to be more in line with Super Mario World. It's already there. Yep, it is already there. So that's something you can go ahead and try out now if you are looking for a f- fresh coat of paint on your old school Super Mario Brothers game. Uh, also, something we've known, we've or something we've thought was coming for a while now, uh, Super Mario 3D World is getting a port to the Switch. I think it's coming out in February. It is coming with an expansion called Bowser's Fury, which we have no idea what it is. But in my opinion, Super Mario 3D World is one of the best local co-op Mario games that there is available. And it's coming, and this time around, you're actually being able to play it online. Take that what you will, because Nintendo's online is not the best. However, if you missed out on playing Mario 3D World on the Switch, I highly recommend playing this game, because it's it's got some of the best levels ever in a 3D Mario game. And, and the only thing that is kind of would turn people away from it is that the levels are timed but if you can get past that and just take it for like being like a half step between like new super mario brothers and then something like mario odyssey and this is just like the halfway point i think you could really get in there and enjoy it uh richard did you play mario 3d world on the wii u on the way i actually did i did i owned it uh, i thought it was a phenomenal game i will probably i'm not even gonna say probably i will, will be picking this up in february what about you, Michael? Did you play us on the Wii U? I don't think so, no. Well, you lucked out and also missed out, didn't you? So sorry. Yes, I did. <laughs> All right. And, uh, Steven, um, you think you're going to pick this up whenever it comes out in February? I want to, definitely, because I never played it on the Wii U. Um, to be honest with you, any game that came out with on the Wii U, I haven't played it because I've never touched the Wii U, which is probably odd to come out of my mouth because I love Nintendo. Not more than Microsoft, but you get the point. Yeah, I definitely will try to pick it up on, in February. I think the the Wii U gets a bad rap, but it's got like a lot of games on it that will that will never be able to leave that system because of uh, the way that the Wii U, the Wii U controller worked. But gosh, there's some there are some games on there that are just phenomenal that there's not a lot of people that are ever going to get to play them. However, I'm glad that Mario 3D is finally um, leaving its system and coming to the Switch. And speaking of leaving its system finally coming to the Switch, Super Mario Sunshine is finally coming to the Switch as well. Part of the... Yes, Wahoo. Part of the uh, Super Mario 3D All-Stars Collection which is coming out in on the 18th, so in about nine days from now. It comes with Super Mario 64, Super Mario Sunshine, and the first Super Mario Galaxy, uh, all upscaled and for Sunshine and Odyssey, they've um, been remade into the, like a, what is it, the 16 by 9 format. Mario 64 did not get that treatment and uh, will be 1280 by 720, with the other two will be 1920 by 1080p. And uh, resolution, uh, there are some small quirks here and there with these games, like uh, Mario Sunshine not supporting GameCube controllers on the Switch, and Mario Galaxy having some funky stuff going on with like its motion controls. Overall, though, 
this is a this is a collection that we've known was coming for about five months or if not longer but it's so great to see that it's finally happening and it comes out in like at the time whenever they announced it it was about two weeks out so michael we'll start with you mario 3d all-stars something you're gonna you're interested in excited for happy to see it i'm excited for and i was happy about it but i kind of wish that super mario 64 kind of got the uh mario maker treatment like you could pick like you you like say you had the upgrades available you know like the upscaling the graphical upgrade to it you know bring it into this century and or i mean or play old school but they don't give us that they just gave us the original and i'm like if i really just wanted to play the original like i could i could just download an emulator yeah that's like my only gripe with it is like you see like those remasters like the Crash Bandicoot and Spyro remasters and stuff like why didn't Mario 64 just get the the full treatment? Like they even teased it in Mario Odyssey like when the last kingdom spoilers is the Mushroom Kingdom and like you can even play as 8-bit Mario or 64-bit Mario in that you can play throughout the whole game actually. Like they they've shown what that game can kind of look like if they just remastered it and it just kind of puts me off if they just didn't do it but uh richard right. where are you at with this i've i've got concerns i wish that 64 looked prettier i i'm worried about how well sunshine is going to control sunshine is probably one of my favorite mario games so i was really amped that it was coming but you know not the the control things has me uh kind of at a crossroads there and I almost wish you know at 20 bucks a pop that, that really is a good deal but you're buying all three of them i was never a big fan of galaxy i almost wish they would just hit the the digital download store at 20 bucks a piece because then you know i may pick up 64 or sunshine but i just i don't know if i want to pay 60 for all three of them well that's another thing is like is mario 64 worth 20 bucks in 2020 like, yeah see there's that too i mean maybe if they'd have dolled it up a little bit but yeah uh. to your point when you're saying about you're concerned about the controls you're talking about how the switch doesn't have analog buttons right and how it's going to control the flow yeah, like there, yeah there's that and then just i don't know just the the layout of a gamecube controller is just so much different than a switch i just i don't know um I'm kind of leery about jumping in when I'm, I'm not 100% sure how well it's going to feel. Just listening off of what you guys said, it, controlling is a, you know, a, a decent controlling scheme, uh, especially for Mario games, is a must. Um, with the missing C analog on uh, the GameCube not being on the Switch, um, just makes me wonder how things are going to turn out. And... I, for one, when I buy games like that that have been remastered, it's for nostalgia purposes. It's, um, and I would like to enjoy it in its entirety. Um, but if they don't figure that out, or if they haven't figured something out that's decent and it's going to work for majority of the players that's going to buy it, then that's going to be the issue. So I think I'm going to probably wait about a week just to get somebody some time to um, play it and see how it controls. And if it's good, I get it. Um, I've beat Sunshine and 64. Um, I think I beat Galaxy as well. Um, but yeah, just those controlling issues, if that may be a make or break with me. So I just want to sit back and see how it goes. Me is that my first video game that I ever remember playing was Super Mario 64. First system I ever owned was a 64. And I played, I remember playing and beating that game constantly. I can't remember if I ever beat Sunshine or Galaxy. I know I owned them, but I can't remember if I ever beat them or not. So this is going to give me a chance to go back and play them again. And to your point about wanting to see someone else play them, you can bet I'll be live streaming this whenever it comes out. Uh, I'm also going to be buying a physical copy of this to put on my collector shelf and then also buying it digitally for my Switch because I only buy digital stuff. Because um, to the point you made earlier, this game is going away from print and from digital on March 31st. We don't know why. <laughs> but, uh, Richard, we were kind of talking about this before the we started recording. What's your, what's your take on them getting rid of the games by March 31st? 
because they're not going to work on the Switch 2. They're going to have you buy them again because it's Nintendo. No, I don't. I don't know. I, actually, I don't know why that. You know, they keep saying you know you got to get it while it's out there. You know, and apparently people are already like price gouging the um, that online uh, with selling their pre-reserved copies, and I just. I honestly don't understand that because it's available digital. Unless you know, you just have this fascination with wanting that physical copy. It doesn't make sense that you would pay over any kind of price. Yep, Michael. I mean, that's that's weird for Nintendo. It's just, it's just really, it just, it's to me, it's the oddest thing. Like, obviously, it's a money grab. Not that Nintendo hasn't always been about money, but it's just a really weird move. I was gonna say that you know it. It feels like it's almost like one of those FOMO tactics, because a lot of Kickstarter use FOMO tactics, but it's not really a it's not really that because you're not really missing out because they're classic games and yeah, it's just weird. My only thing is that I think that and this is this is also for Mario Thirty Five. This isn't just for this as well. I think that on April first. Maybe April second because they'll leave it out a day to think people make people think it's gone for good because you know April Fool's Day, um, April second or whatever they will. Um, I think they're going to re-release all these games individually instead of packaging them all together. But they're also going to cost more. I don't think they're going to be twenty dollars. I think maybe Mario sixty four is, but like Sunshine, I can see them trying to sell that for forty bucks. Same with Galaxy. So maybe this is just a way for you to get them all for a little bit cheaper than for them to do it that way. And same with Mario 35. Like, I think they're going to try to sell that game on its own instead of leaving it free to play. Um, Steven, where are you at with this? Same way I was with it last time. Um, I think it's just a tactic. Um, I mean, it could boil down to some April Fool's stuff. I mean, but that's on the other side of the spectrum, especially how I'm thinking about it. Um, it could just be a way for them to boost some type of profits and sales. Um, they have people like, you Mitch that um that like to buy collector edition things and with it being a limited time thing it automatically in some people's eyes make it a collector's edition so they'll get it um for the price that it's at uh, people will get it and they'll toss it on their collection shelves um and I, I that's where I'm at with it all right jumping from the world of Nintendo we're going to spend a little time talking about PC gaming because NVIDIA decided to blow out the, the specs on their new RTX uh, 30 series graphics cards, which pretty much uh, blow away the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5 um, as far as graphical fidelity goes, starting with the RTX 3070 um, graphics card, which, um, which I believe is 60% more powerful than the last generation's uh, Titan series, if I'm, re- if I'm re- remembering yep. that correctly. Um, so pretty much the consensus going into the, with the Series X and the PlayStation 5 is that their their graphics cards were, or their GPUs were like on par with like an RTX 2070, which... To pretty much tell you how this all works down is that NVIDIA usually releases like three to four graphics cards. Uh, Last time around, it was the 2060, the 2070, and the 2080. And then they also did the 2080 Titan. And then they also came back around a year or so later and did the RTX 2060, 70, and 80 Supers. And so again, that 2080 Ti is still the, the highest benchmarked graphics card. So the the systems that are coming out this year are on par with a regular 2070, and this generation's RTX 3070 is 60% more powerful than the last generation's highest tiered graphics card. Hopefully I put that in terms that makes sense. Pretty much the, this generation's PC graphics cards are going to blow out the next generation consoles as far as graphics go. With the um, this generation's highest graphics card being the RTX 3090, able to output 8K gaming at 60 frames per second, which is holy crap. Yeah, uh, Michael, no, you're that's... you're the big PC guy here, so what's your take on all this? It, it's 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 a definitely a major improvement, and it's definitely worth the money if you have the money. 
and I will say all of this comes with the caveat uh, on the PC side of does your monitor support that? Yep. Because um, I mean, I wanted something. I didn't want a three monitor setup. I didn't want that that traditional setup. I didn't want a two monitor setup because I didn't want the split in the center. So I opted for an ultra wide monitor. My monitor cost a hundred, uh, sorry, $1,200. And that was on sale. I think it was normally retailed at the time for like 1500 when it first came out. Yeah. So with that aspect, uh, like my maximum frame rate, because it's an ultra wide monitor, um, is 120. Now, that that's a that's a weird limit to talk about because it is an ultra wide monitor. So technically, it's double, but the official rating is 120 frames per second. If I went and got this 8K, you know, gaming monitor, I could get the 8K. I could get the 60 frames per second, but there's certain other minutia of the card I'm not really going to be able to take advantage of. Because I, my monitor doesn't do 8K. My monitor could do, I think, at best 4K, and that would at best be 60, 60 frames a second. So I wouldn't really be able to take full advantage of the card. And I will say, just to backtrack on the systems, like, yeah, they have those 2070 specs, but they don't have the full specs. Again, it comes with the caveat of there, there's not the same amount of RAM and they've actually shown a teardown of like on the board side, like how many RAM chips it has. And it just does not have the RAM and it doesn't have all the matching RAM either. I think some of it's like two gigabytes and some of it's four gigabyte. It's supposed to be DDR6, but again, you have this weirdly spaced on the board because it's uh, you have the different types of RAM and the different um, like gigabytes catering to different things on the system. So, you're, talk, you're saying about the Teradyne, you're talking about the Xbox Series S, right? Or right. The X? Okay. So, yeah, I mean, and, I mean, and still that 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 still extrapolates to, to to the newer consoles too. But yeah, it just make sure you have the hardware to take advantage of it. It is a really good deal. You'll future self you'll you'll future proof yourself for a while, but. I mean, think about what type of setup you really need to take advantage of that build. Right. Richard, does an RTX 30 series graphics card interest you for someone who's not a big... I mean, you have a gaming PC, but I don't know if you do a lot of PC gaming, do you? No, it's it's mainly just independent. I, you know, I don't... There's a number of reasons. Uh, the cost is a lot more than console gaming. Especially if you factor in what Michael just said about you know his monitor and what he paid for that, on top of your gaming rig, yeah, and yeah, then yeah. just my monitor, yeah, twelve hundred dollars, and then on top of that, like you know when I buy a PS5, you know I don't have to worry about like an OS update. I don't have to worry about security software screwing up some firewall setting. I don't have to worry about driver conflicts. There's just there's a lot of maintenance and and detail work with pc gaming that is you just don't have for console gaming is it going to look better on a pc yeah but you're also paying for it you know there's there's a lot that goes along with it and for the difference in what i'm going to see it it doesn't it doesn't make make up the the cost time wise or money wise so yeah i'm just yeah steven do you think that um these RTX graphics cards have any kind of effect on the next generation or is it kind of just like exist in its own little bubble of its, of its own? I believe it's just in a bubble of its own. Um, again, I go with the, uh, the diehard fans of it. Um, all of this is very interesting. Um, but in my eyes, it's just not something that I'm willing to invest in. Um, as long as the console runs the game as it should run it uh, with minimal issues, uh, it's not really something that I would see myself going for. I am uh, looking to uh, purchase a gaming computer, um, but it wouldn't, I would say a good 80% of the games uh, and the things that I would do on the, on the gaming computer would be dealing with um, something that I wouldn't even uh, play on the console um 
so I'm going to have my console for mostly my video games. They're going to be online PC games that I'm going to want to play uh, that I can't play on the, um, on the Xbox. So I would get it for different reasons of other people, uh, but you, it just goes back to the diehard fans of uh, Sony, Microsoft, and um, Nintendo. Uh, that card doesn't mean anything to most of these people. They're diehard fans. Um, and if that's just your forte, that's your cup of tea. Uh, no knock against the PC gamers. Um, but it's in a bubble of its own. I think PC has been in a league of its own for a long time. And it's always going to, unfortunately, outperform um, the, the consoles in this day and age. They'll always outperform consoles in my eyes. But um, I'm just going to stick to my Xbox. It's always going to be one of those things. I'm one of those diehard Microsoft fans. So um, I wouldn't even try to put it in that uh, category because we all know the truth about PCs. Um, but yeah, that's what it's going to boil down to. That's what I think it is anyway. Yeah, I think like the way that you have to look at it, like if you're someone who's considering like how this graphics card, what this means as far as the next generation gaming goes, is like to what y'all have said, like you know, the barrier to entry with this is like, yeah, this graphics card may cost six hundred dollars, but if you don't already have a, a PC, you're you're gonna end up spending almost two grand to be able to build something that can handle this graphics card and that can take advantage of what it's trying to do. So, like, but if if you were someone who was in a spot like me, where it's like, yeah, you could spend six hundred dollars and get this graphics card, or you could spend five hundred and get an Xbox, or five hundred and get a PlayStation. There is kind of a a question about whether you want to do that or not. But at the same time, though, like, I think as much as I love gaming on PC, like, let's think about what I'm doing. I'm I'm playing on a system using an Xbox controller, playing with people who play on Xbox. So, like, why don't I just buy an Xbox? You know, it's 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 got a lot of there's a lot of thinking you have to do if you're going to decide to do something like that. Um you could use the argument, uh, well, you could say also, will this thing uh, run Crisis? And I wonder how well Crisis Remastered runs on, yeah, an, R yeah. on an RTX 3080. <laughs> but it has 24, what is it, the, the 3090 has 24 gigs of RAM just on the graphics card itself? Like, holy crap. <laughs> um. But jumping to our, our last bit of news, uh, Stephen, really glad we were able to get you on to because the Xbox Series S has officially been leaked and then revealed because it got leaked. Um, so if you've seen pictures of it, it looks weird, just like all the other systems that have come out that are coming out this year. They've all got their own like home appliance that people compare it to. The Xbox Series X looks like a refrigerator. People say the PlayStation 5 looks like a Wi-Fi router. And the Series S looks like a speaker. But the reason why it looks like that is because it needs a lot of cooling. And this is probably going to be the quietest system ever made. It's also the smallest of the next generation systems. And it's also, as of right now, the cheapest coming in at $299. Um, they did confirm also with this that the Xbox Series X is going to be $499, which is what we all kind of thought it was going to be. And they're both launching November 10th. So, Stephen, we're going to start with you. What did How did you feel about the Xbox Series S? And uh, I think you said you might be changing up your strategy about how how fast you get a next-generation system with this, right? Oh, yes. And as before, you know, one of the biggest things with me and the next gen consoles when they do release them and they get the price points and everything. Um, one is the price um, and two, how it handles three being the bugs. Um, now it's still in my head on a debate on whether or not I want to get this and deal with the bugs. Um, but we're thinking about uh, price points here. Um, it's going to be launched around, uh, the holiday season. So, you know, production is going to be high. They already probably have a lot of them in their warehouses. Um, <clears throat> but who's to say that they won't sell out in a very short amount of time and it will be hard for me to get my hands on one. Um, two, I could wait until the beginning of the year, January, February, 
uh, to get one, but it will still kind of be in that same area to where there's going to be a lot of buying going on. Um, so I could wait until March and April to get one. Um, but just the price of it, that's right around the area that I'm willing to pay for it uh, right off the bat. So I'm thinking I'm just going to get one. Um, I'm going to leave it in the box as weird as it sounds, um, as much as I would love to open it up. Um, I'm going to leave it in the box. I'm going to do a little bit of reviewing, um, watch some YouTube videos, see how the, the bugs are working on games that I'd like to play on the console. And if it is something that is tolerable, something that I do not mind dealing with until patches uh, come through, um, then I just might get it. Um, and that's my take on it. Richard, being someone not a fan of Xbox or, as you stated, the design of the Series X or Series S, uh, what is your take on all this news? Um, I think the the whole installment the i don't know if you want to call it a membership or whatever where you know you pay for two years and you pay either 25 dollars a month or 35 dollars a month and you get your subscription-based service and you get a console I, that's something we've not really seen before from from any console distributor like that so you know i i think that they've really kind of nailed it on that front especially with just how good their subscription-based services are. I mean, it's certainly better than anything that, that Sony's come up with. So, you know, if, if they really push that and they advertise that a lot to where people really understand it and are clear on how to do it and what thought that entails, I think they could do a lot of sales, uh, especially when, the, you know, because they're including, like, the Game Pass. But I mean, as, as me personally, no, I'm not going to buy the damn thing, but... I think they've they've made a lot of uh, a lot of good choices, and certainly ones that'll put them in the win column if they play their cards right. I'm not uh, simply because like if I did want to play some Xbox games, I would just get Game Pass for the PC. But I will say like it it's very enticing. Um, like the price point is right. Uh, and if I, and if I didn't have a PC, that would, that's probably the exact one I would go for. I will also say it looks like it's going to lend itself very nicely to skins being put on the console. I, I see a lot of stuff, uh, just like, I guess playing with that grill aspect on the, on the actual body itself. Yeah, so uh, just to read out some specs about the um, Series S, the the big takeaway is that the system can't do 4K gaming at 60 frames, but it can do uh, up to 1440p, which is, um, I guess that's what, 2K, I guess, which you don't really hear about a lot, except for uh, like playing with on the PC monitor, uh, up to 120 frames, depending on the game. Um, hard drive size, 512 gigabytes of NVMe SSD storage. Um, it also uses the same Xbox Velocity architecture, which is whenever they um, it loads the game, it it downloads the correct version of the game depending on which system you're playing on to take. That way, you're not downloading uh, extra stuff and helps it load a lot faster. Uh, it's got the same fast load times, uh, better frame rates as the Series X. Um, which can do the quick resume in multiple games. So let's see, it has DirectX ray tracing built in, variable rate, variable rate shading, a variable refresh rate, uh, can do 4K upscaling for some games. It is an all digital system, so no disk drive. And yeah, it's $299, which so puts it at the cheapest and smallest next-gen system, uh, according to Microsoft, or X, according to Xbox's Twitter, it is 60% smaller than the Xbox Series X. And that's not just because it's lacking a disk drive. It's um, it it looks like it's about the same size as an Xbox Series, or I'm sorry, an Xbox One X. The only thing is that I just don't like how it's got a gigantic circle on it. <laughs> but it's whatever. I will I will say, having watched the teardown videos, that it looks like they intentionally over-engineered the board so that you won't have 
like Red Ring of Death, Blue Light of Death, whatever, like you're not going to have overheating issues. You're not going to have board warping because it, it looks like they put a focus on over-engineering that board. Yeah. I really hope, like, I think this is going to be the one that, like, as far as the two systems go, I really think that the Series S is going to be the one that sells more. Because 299 as I've said before, that's the same price as a Switch. <laughs> so you could buy a Nintendo Switch, which is having a hard time keeping up with playing Xbox One and PS4 games. Or you could buy this, which is going to be able to play all of those games that are you know acceptable on an Xbox. And the next generation of games as well. So like that that's a a big contender right there. Like I'm I'm really concerned. I would be surprised to see if Nintendo doesn't do a price drop this holiday on the main Switch to try to compete against that because that's I don't know that that's kind of rough. But at the same time, I'm really excited we finally got this revealed. Uh, thanks to Windows Central for leaking that and forcing uh, Microsoft's hand to go ahead and. Uh, reveal all this information like a week or so early but that about does it for all the news so um we're gonna do a special segment this week that i've called our favorite gaming memory now last week was like our favorite gaming moment so it could have been like anything like in the world of gaming that you like this particular one is going to be about a personal story about you and any video game that you think about as your like your your favorite memory that that you have. So uh Richard, we're gonna start with you if you have one. Favorite memory, wow. Um I know something that was memorable, I guess, from when I was younger was uh Link to the Past. When Link to the Past came out, I I think I was probably about ten, maybe eleven. I had convinced myself that the game was getting those three medals and getting the Master Sword, and that would be it. And I remember realizing, like, after that, that that you're not even really scratching the surface. And the game just felt so epic, and the scope was so large that, you know, that was definitely the first time I had ever seen anything like that before, you know, back in, God, it was like 92, I think. And that that would probably be memorable because yeah, that was the first game that I can actually say it just it felt epic. Yeah. Uh, Steven, favorite gaming memory? Um, mine caters more so to the side of the therapeutic value of gaming, despite uh, contrary beliefs. Um. So a little teeny backstory on me um as a, at a young age i suffered from depression um i really didn't have too many friends it was a rough time um and games were like my scapegoat unfortunately i did not own a console um um the more fond memory that i had was playing um super mario uh world on the uh cinemas, um over my cousin's house I could be having the roughest of days. Um, and I knew that I could always go over there, uh, load up the SNES, and just for hours, we take turns playing Super Mario Brothers. Um, it was diverse for its time. Um, the mechanics were straightforward. So, you know, someone of my age could get it and learn some techniques and get through it. Um, the replay value on it was amazing for at that time, you know, uh, especially with the, the, I believe it was called the Star World. Uh, the, you had to get those keys to unlock the, the warp pads, the Star Warp pads. Um, yeah. But, but uh, yeah, it, it was something that truly could just take my mind off of everything that I was stressing out about. Uh, the poverty, the violence, and, and everything that was going on in my life that a kid normally shouldn't even have to deal with. Um it was just, it was my scapegoat. And it was a positive scapegoat, you know, um, to be able to sit back and to play a game uh, where you can free your mind, use your imagination for creativity and everything. So that was one of my more finding memories of uh, gaming. Awesome. Um, Michael? Um, mine is also Zelda Universe. Uh, probably... Uh that final end scene where you defeat Ganon and Wind Waker. 
Uh, yeah. there, was, there was a really fluid finality to it. And it, it's, it was nice. Yeah, that, I remember the first time that I beat that game. Wow, that was awesome. I, I to that point, like this isn't the one I want to talk about, but I just want to say, like, I had that exact same level of hype whenever I beat Ganondorf in Twilight Princess when you like just jump up and just impale him right in his chest, and then like uh, Zant ends up like snapping his neck and killing him. It's great. Um, mine is back actually taking it back to super mario 64 uh like i said earlier that was my first game i ever played and you know the game came out in 97 i was born in 95 so by the time i got around to beating it i was it was about 2000 or so um by the time i was actually able to get into it and i was you know able to do most of it on my own but my cousin uh, who used to like watch me while my parents went out or something? He had he bought the guidebook for me so that way I could like use it to help find like all the stars and stuff. And by the time I was like six, I had learned how to read because of me asking my mom constantly like, "What does this mean?" And she taught me how to read using the Super Mario 64 guidebook. And by the time I was seven or seven and a half, and so I had gotten all 120 stars in Mario 64 and had beaten it. And I remember the first time I beat Bowser in that last fight and the music started playing. Like I was one of the first times I ever got like a cold chill while playing a game because I felt so accomplished. And it was just like the best feeling I'd ever felt playing a video game. But all right. Well, that being said, I think it's time for us to go ahead and get out of here this evening. So, uh, Richard, back to you. Let's uh, plug some social medias. Board uh, game breakdown. I've got some, I've been printing some little set pieces. Uh, this week and getting those painted because we're going to display the the new Marvel game that came out from um, Simon Games and uh, oh man Spin Masters sorry Marvel United is a uh, Marvel miniature base with chibi miniatures they did a really good job the base game is out now you can find it at Walmart and Target with the expansions coming this spring and we'll be displaying some of the printed miniatures this week all right and Michael. Uh, not a whole lot going on. I did mention the Dead by Daylight sale that's going on until the 14th. And it's a, it's a new month, so be sure to get all your free downloads free to your respective platforms. Uh, Epic, PlayStation, Xbox. We'll say Humble has another uh, music thing going on for one of their bundles. If you got the Music Maker uh, a couple weeks ago on their Humble bundle, like the dollar deal... Uh, they got some music samples this week going on, so definitely jump on that if you did that deal previously. All right, and Steven. SoundCloud. It's really just like something that I go to um, for like instrumental uh, inspiration, and I can lose myself in just the variety of music that they have on there. Of course, other platforms have the same thing, um, but that's just my, my go-to steez. I just like the layout on it. Incidentally, if you're on SoundCloud, just check me out on SoundCloud, Breaking Beats 2020, Ichigo with the uh, broken glass in the background. And then YouTube. Uh, we've got a couple of up-and-coming uh, gamers on there. Um, I know it's a bit late in the game, especially with YouTuber. They've weighed it down with policies and um, all types of other things. Uh, but there's one guy, um, he calls himself Shadowmatic, YT on the end of it. He plays a lot of Call of Duty Mobile. Uh, he's pretty cool. I've actually had a chance to, to talk to him, and he's just starting out with the, the YouTubing and everything. So, um, guys, give him a, a shout-out. Watch his video, like, comment, subscribe, that whole stage that they give you. Yeah. If you want to find anything, I'm at uh, twitch.tv forward slash meachflow. Um, also on Twitter, meachflow. And just as a, a little bit of a PSA, uh, we've got the Next Gen Newsweek uh, YouTube channel. It is up. Um We've I'm going to start posting the video versions of these podcasts on Fridays at 11. So if you listen to us on um, Anchor FM or Spotify or Apple Podcasts or any of the other major podcasting apps, uh, you get these episodes a day early by listening to them. But if you prefer to watch the videos, which will have like uh, like B-roll of the games we're talking about, uh, those will be available on Fridays. Just give me an extra day to get those prepared for you. So Fridays at 11. Uh, anytime there's like some small news during the week that can be recapped relatively easily, you'll also start seeing those little videos pop up 
uh, throughout the day. Like uh, I did one for Hyrule Warriors yesterday and did one for Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, uh, which had its big multiplayer blowout today. So if you want to catch all the information about that, uh, make sure you follow us on YouTube. If you go to youtube.com forward slash next gen newsweek, uh, you can stay up to date with all that. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter at NGNW Podcast. Uh, there is not going to be a new poll for this week, but I do want to read the results of last week's poll real quick before we close. Where's that? Are you frustrated? This is kind of relevant now, but uh, are you frustrated that the pricing and release dates for the Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 have yet to happen? Or does it not matter to you for one reason or the other? 50% of you said you are upset. The other 50% said they weren't. Um, there's a comment uh, from Mathrack underscore XBL that says, it's really hard for him to be upset by this. After what happened at launch for the Xbox One, it makes sense that Microsoft wants to wait for Sony to make the pricing move, especially if they're wanting to make the Series X cheaper than the PS5. It is amusing to him, and this comment is uh, did not age well because Microsoft ended up making the first move. So, that being said, that's going to be it for this week of this episode of Next Gen Newsweek. So we'll be back uh, next week with some new content and hopefully a uh, pricing and release date for the PlayStation 5 since that's the only thing that's missing. Until then, have a good week. Bye, everybody. Uh, this week's episode is brought to you by Butter Butter. Uh, did you ever get that feeling that your butter wasn't quite buttery enough? Well, now there's tinier butters to put on top of your butter. Butter it up, guys. <laughs> oh, hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. Did that come from the tiny hands? <laughs> <laughs>